Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. You know, sometimes when you look at the caller ID growing up, because, you know, the kids don't necessarily have caller ID now, but now they got caller ID on the cell phone. I see Matthew Rule. Miss Call. I said, what in the world? It's God. Hey. Once I seen it, it was like, hold up, somebody playing with me? And uh, you know when we when we talked, it was it was very exhilarating to to just you know hear his voice and you know I'm in a position now, man, that it could easily just be you know about Cam like da da da. I don't this not this not that type of vibe, man. You know I'm happy to be here. I want everybody to know that I'm happy, but bruh, it's time to win. Everybody wants to make it about you know Cam's back, this, that, and the third. It's it's really not. It's really, look, you know where I'm here. And this ain't for no ploy. This ain't for no ticket sales. This ain't for no, you know, Cinderella story. It's it's to win football games. And that's pretty much what's on my heart. And that's how I'm going about it. Oh, man. But it is a fairy tale. And Michael... I just uh, love this story. And you know why I love this story so much? I love why? this story so much because it's a love story. I love him talking about caller ID because that was getting a call from his ex that dumped him. Who among us cannot relate to getting back together with your ex? And I realize for some, that could be a, a, a painful memory because sometimes when you try to get that old thing back, it could blow up in your face. Other times, I don't know what you're talking about. It could be. I, I have no idea. I, literally, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let, well, let me, well, let me, I'll explain it to you. I'll, I'll explain it to you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You can't relate. I'll explain it to you. Because no, you're digging, you know, you're digging. when you break, up, I, I, can, I can imagine. I, can I just say, just real quick? Can I just say yeah. that your wife's gonna be like? So what were you talking about today on the show? <laughs> I can't. I come back and tell us on Monday. What the conversation was in the Smith household around 501, 502. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm enjoying I, it. Go ahead. I get clear. Go I, I got I got clearance. I got clearance. My wife knows that my heart is in the right place and she knows okay. that she's the only woman for me. But here's the thing. So sometimes when you break up with somebody and then you get back together, you find that y'all mm-hmm. are different people for better or worse, but sometimes for better. You're different people with different perspectives. You've grown. You've been through some things. You've been with some other people. In this case, the Panthers have been with Teddy Bridgewater. They've been with Sam Darnold. Neither worked out. Cam Newton, he's been with New England. We know how that played out. Now they get back together. And listen, neither is under any illusion that they're the long-term answer, that they're going to spend the rest of their days together. They just hook it up. 
Let's just see where it goes. Let's just have some fun. And the reason I'm in this mindset today, Michael, is because last night yeah. I binge watched Love Life Season 2. And I don't know if you're an HBO yeah. Max subscriber. If not, I'll hook you up. But if you haven't already, watch Love Life Season 2. It's an anthology series. So you can start with Season 2. And if you want, you can go back to Season 1, which is quality as well. And Kendrick does a phenomenal job. Season yeah. 1 is great, too. But watch Love Life. And, Michael, watch it with the missus. Because this is so, this this just has Marcus and and Mia vibes for me right now, and I'm just I'm really yeah. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling them getting back together because the best part is they're getting back together with low expectations. See, Michael Cam not going back. He is he is not the Panthers' knight in shining armor. He is not the man of the Panthers' dreams the way he was back in 2011. He is not arriving as a number one overall pick. This is a dude off the street that you got history with. That's all it is. This is somebody that you're familiar with. So this, they're coming in with minimal expectations. So he's coming home, Michael, yeah. and he's playing with house yeah. money. Coming home, okay. playing with house money. Because what's the worst that could happen? It flames out. He falls on his face. And people like you say, I told you so. Because Cam is supposed to be finished. He's supposed to be washed uh, up. He was at home yeah, chilling. Yeah. Nothing but yeah. upside here. Nothing but upside. Let's do this. Why not? Let's do it. Let's just okay. go for it. Let's get I like, into it. I like the story. Here. I like the story. I like I like that you see it as a love story. Uh, and, and and a positive love story. You really have put a nice spin on this. But it, another way of looking at it is it could be one of those love stories where you go away, they've seen other people, you've seen other people, and the other people have sent y'all both back to where you came from. <laughs> like, like I, I'm going to send you both back. I'm going to send you both back because y'all ain't deserve ready. each like, other. Hey, 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 hey. We don't want you. Okay. <laughs> that person didn't so want you. you. Do, so you hey. do know what I'm talking about. So you do hey, know what I'm hey, talking about. It's just like, maybe, maybe it's not about growth. It is not about evolution. Maybe it's, you're from a small town. And once you venture outside of your small town, you figure out people don't really roll like that. You have been living in dysfunction for a long time and you thought there was something greater beyond that relationship and you find out that's the only relationship that's going to work for you. Everybody else is looking <laughs> right. at you like you're nuts, but that's the only one that's going to work made for, for each other. So, yeah. so maybe that's where it is. But, but beyond that, you say love story. I'm going to focus on story and ad telling. Storytelling, Cam Newton is, is just... He's he's a joy. He's a joy just to listen to him. And I, and I really feel this. No sarcasm. I felt like this uh, in New England, too. For a 79 season in New England, it was the first time the Patriots had missed the playoffs in, in a dozen years. And so uh, Cam Newton made a 79 season in New England enjoyable just with his stories. As a matter of fact, not that it matters to fans, but... Uh, the media here gave him, you know, the some version of uh, everybody calls it something different. Good guy award, good sport, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was so excellent with the media. He was fun. It was a pandemic too. Let, let me just let me just add that in. In a pandemic, no fans in the stadium. The team is seven and nine, and the Cam Newton press conference was uh, must listen radio, must see TV. So he's always uh, been great at storytelling. You got this, this, that, and the third. See, that's familiar. Okay, this, that, and the third. And then, and then people. You ever notice when people say? Then they call me and they do a little phone thing. So then I was talking yeah. on the phone, and he said. Then I said. And then we did like this. Then I hung up. 
and then we start talking some more. I love it. I, you know, I, I root, I root for Cam. I do root for Cam. I don't think it's going to work out for him, but he is not a guy that, you know, I'm out here saying, I, I hope things go badly for him. I mean, it's not like he's a member of the Brooklyn Nets. I, I'm not treating okay. him like that. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I mean, I like, I like your point about, um, they deserve each other or, or, or you know, the, the Panthers in their search for a franchise quarterback uh, can't get right, can't get their act together. Cam couldn't get it together, although I, I still believe that things were on the way to working out in New England. But nonetheless, that's water under the bridge or over the dam, wherever yeah. you prefer it. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's back in Carolina, and I'm sure you've seen the memes of Cam Newton as Thanos you could not live with your own yeah. failure. When did that bring you back to me? And listen, the Panthers after this season will more than likely try to get back into Sean Watson sweepstakes. Hell, they may draft near Sam Howell from nearby UNC. They'll, they'll probably be in the market for a franchise quarterback. Again, this is not a forever thing, but it's a familiar thing, and it feels good. And I'm going to tell you something else. So, Cam, this, today was his first day of practice, and the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, said that nothing's off the table that he could end up playing on Sunday against Arizona. I'm going to take it a step farther. Wouldn't shock me if my man started. Okay, and if he doesn't start, he's going to finish. Because we've seen people come off the street before and start immediately. Cam Newton, we know he was in shape. I don't think Matt Rule's playbook is that complicated where he can't get enough of it in time for Sunday. With all due respect to P.J. Walker, Cam Newton rolls out of bed better than P.J. Walker. So maybe they go to safe route and start PJ Walker, but it's real hard because again, because there's R, because there's R. Cam Newton told you he ain't nobody's backup. (laughs) Well, he did. He did say he could have been a backup in New England, but his dad said Cecil was like, you ain't nobody's backup. So it's gonna be exactly gonna be real hard unless PJ Walker got something that we ain't seen. It's gonna be real hard for him to go out there against Arizona with Cam Newton stand on the sideline the whole time. So I wouldn't be surprised. If they just being coy right now, saying that, you know, everything's on the table, we'll take it day to day. Come Sunday, it wouldn't surprise me if Cam Newton's taking the first snap. You know what? I, I expect it. I expect him to be the starter, Mike. And, you know, on top of this, you just said something about, hey, this, is not, this might not be the long-term answer for the Carolina Panthers. Well, why not? Why, 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 why not the long-term answer? And the reason I'm, and, and this is the only reason I'm saying. Oh, I, okay, okay, I'm not going. Okay, I'm, listen, I, I, I like, I like, I'm I not, like where you're coming I, around on this. <laughs> no, no, not on Cam. I'm not, I'm not coming around on Cam specifically, but just in general. Okay, think about what the, think about the Carolina Panthers and a lot of teams. A lot of teams do this, and we as fans just jump all in on it. We jump all in on it because it's something new. I'm guilty of it. I'm doing it right here in New England. I did it with Cam Newton. Hey, Cam Newton's your quarterback, Mac Jones. I didn't know of Mac Jones. I ripped, did I know that know that Mac Jones, that the skills that he had at Alabama would translate to the NFL. He was the fifth quarterback taken in the first round, number five. So team said, uh, we got some other guys that we'll take before you. He landed in the middle of the pack in the first round. He may be a middle of the pack quarterback. Did I know that that guy would come in and be a better option than Cam Newton, I said it because you know that's what we do here. That's what we do. I didn't know it, but we all get caught up in something new when mm-hmm. it, co- especially at that position. Good movie. Think, think about when the Carolina, uh, the, think about where the Carolina Panthers were this time last year. 
You know who their quarterback was? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, right? Yeah. All right, so, so after all of this, all the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, who, you know, hey, hey, maybe, maybe they draft uh, Justin Fields, maybe they, all this stuff, they are left with somebody who, uh, uh, whoever it is, the quarterback they have is going to be worse than what they had last year. So why, why do we get so caught up in franchise quarterback? We try to uh, have a franchise quarterback. We're trying to invent them. They're not always there. You don't have a franchise quarterback in every draft. You have a top five quarterback, somebody taking in the top five in every draft, but you don't have a franchise quarterback in every draft. It just doesn't work. So Carolina Panthers actually have regressed if you think about it. And so what they should do, if Cam Newton plays well, don't go out of your way and say, well, it's Cam Newton. We can do better. No, no, no. Maybe you can't hey. do better right now. Don't force it. Go with somebody who is working for you and then it, let it happen organically. So, hey, hey look, if Cam, Newton plays, if, Cam Newton, if Cam Newton plays well, Mike, roll with him. I preached yesterday. You are preaching to the choir right now. I 100% and I told you, I, I told you yesterday, I think he's going to ball out. The reason I and, I, and I feel like there was some, I don't want to get this wrong, but I feel like there was some, I'm looking this up right now. I feel like I saw where the Panthers initially wanted to sign. Uh, they went back and forth on a two-year deal. Yeah, this is from Scott Fitterer. Uh, he said they went back and forth on a two-year deal, but a, a one-year deal uh, was the best that, that fit them as well as Cam at this time. Um, I just, the, David Tepper, he seems to be, he seems to have a wandering eye. He seems to have a wandering yeah. eye, and, you know, he seems to really, I mean, again, Cam was hurt when Matt Rule got there, or he was coming off the injury, wasn't fully healthy. And so he seems to just want something new. He's got this 80-20 thing going for him. All right, he wants that extra yeah. 20%. And so at, at the expense of the 80. And so that's why I, I don't believe that Tepper would be satisfied with a Cam Newton going into next season. But I'm 100% with you as the resident Cam Newton cheerleader. There is no... There is no reason to think that Cam Newton can't stay in Carolina beyond this year and if nothing else serve as a bridge for a young quarterback because you're right too many teams are so enamored with the new shiny thing they forget what they got they forget what they already got at home same love story baby it's a love story there it is love story bring it back okay bring it back and you know and I may and I may not be here now see Cam Newton was there Cam Newton was there when you came back to finish your love story. And now that's good. Love should have brought that's, you home last night. Hey, that's a, hey, you got a Hollywood ending. That's a Hollywood ending. Now, you think about some other people you know. I'm like, no, I ain't answering. A, oh, who's, oh, no, he didn't. Instead of saying, hey, look, it's Matt Rule. Oh, oh, hold on a second. I, let me get this. You know, cover right. your ears. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him a couple of things. Oh, how dare you? First of all, I know you got this number. How, how, how dare you call this Wait, number? How, hey, so how you got this number? Who? who yeah, who this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so Cam Cam Newton was ready. Cam Newton was ready to run back into those arms. But a lot of people say, "Hey, it's you had your opportunity. Let's move on." I hope it works out for the Carolina Panthers. You said yesterday you think uh, Cam Newton is about to ball out. I don't see it happening. And if he doesn't. Uh, if he doesn't, so what? So what? He was at home by himself. They needed a quarterback. Why not? There's, 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 there's no pressure. There's no pressure here. 
No expectations. Let's just see where it goes. Yeah. Let's just get together. Have some fun. But see, no, but see, I don't like that. You know? See, I don't like that kind of just in general. I don't like that kind of relationship. I need a little bit. I need a little bit more certainty. You, you've, al- you've always been a serial monogamous. You've always been I, a I, I need I, I need certainty because I got you. You know, hey, we having fun. And then what, what happens? You decide the fun is over. I thought we were having fun. Now I'm not having fun. I was still having fun. Yeah. You decided it was now, it's over. What, what, what's going on? Now, now I don't know what you're talking about because, as you know, famously, I have never been broken up with. So I have no idea what you're talking about. I might call a little BS on that, and I might have I might have some receipts. Do you? Well, I might have receipts. I might have receipts. That's news to me. News to me. Mm. All right. Yeah. Hey, you you want to so you want to bring it to the public? You want you want so you want to share with the Cam folks? Back. I'm just happy that Cam is back. I'm just happy. You want me to share my receipts with our people? Yeah. Yo, uh, <laughs> that was that wasn't convincing. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. We've only had our morning meetings, so I can give you a better answer as we progress throughout the week. But I do think it, it's a good opportunity for Jordan to continue to get those reps that he n- wouldn't necessarily get. And then Aaron was um, fully involved and quite interactive with, with us in the meetings. No, he won't take part of the practice part. Um, but he will be in our post-practice meetings where we're watching the tape and kind of discussing in detail uh, each individual play. So that was Matt LaFleur on Wednesday, I believe. And a week ago today, Michael, as you know, uh, all hell broke loose uh, with Aaron Rodgers' uh, appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And look, man, you and I have, I feel like we have dissected and broken down uh, every angle of this story over the last week and a half. Um, so I don't, I'm not here to, to beat a dead horse. But I do believe No, no, this is, this is, you got something. You got something here, though. This is, this has not been discussed. This is good. Take your I t- think hey, we missed the fart. Hey, continue. Continue the theme of yesterday's A-block. Take your time. Take your time. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I just feel like we've missed the forest for the trees, or I'll say I've missed the forest for the trees. I have. No, we the the royal we uh, is fitting. Yeah, we have. We okay. have. I think uh, all of have, us. Have you, you been too, following? Louisa. You too. Have you been? Have you been following uh, the Minnesota Vikings? Um, COVID struggles lately. Um, today they placed a sixth player on the COVID reserve list, a mm-hmm. six player on the COVID reserve list. Uh, of those six includes uh, offensive guard Dakota Dozier, 
who earlier this week, now he's vaccinated. Earlier this week, uh, he was hospitalized because he was having trouble breathing because of COVID-19. So he had a breakthrough positive and he was hospitalized. Now, understand something. He was tested because he was deemed a close contact. Because he was vaccinated, like all vaccinated players, they're only tested once a week. And as Mike Zimmer pointed out, about 30 guys were getting tested within the organization, uh, including Mike Zimmer, as close contacts per the protocols, okay? So we have a vaccinated player with a breakthrough positive who's hospitalized due to COVID complications, and that's Dakota Dozier of the Minnesota Vikings. The reason I point him out, I want to juxtapose him with Aaron Rodgers. And listen, I haven't, I haven't uh, heard or read everything that's been said or written in the aftermath of Aaron Rodgers testing positive for COVID uh, as he returns to the team tomorrow and presumably starts against Russell Wilson's Seahawks on Sunday. Um, so the dust is settled for the most part. But I feel like this is a major detail that we missed uh, as we paid attention and we and we reacted to woke mob and cancel culture and Joe Rogan uh, and all the different uh, buzzwords and talking points um, that Aaron Rodgers uh, used on Friday and acknowledged on Tuesday. Um, the anti-vax sentiments that he seemed to express that he later said, I acknowledge if I misled anybody. Aaron, the thing that we missed, the forest that we missed for the trees is this glaring flaw in the testing system. Because, and Aaron Rodgers said this on Friday, and this is why, Michael, in hindsight, we overstated and exaggerated how much danger Aaron Rodgers yeah. was putting members of the media in by not being masked at press conferences, a violation for which he has been fined. And again, I want to be right. clear. This is not me this excusing him violent. I'm not, I'm not excusing him violating it because we have right. both hammered Aaron Rodgers over the last week and rightfully mm -hmm. so. Okay. This is separate and apart from him saying he was immunized on August 26th. Separate and apart from all the all the BS he talked and all the conspiracy theories he talked about, the unproven, uh, you know, rumors that he talked about on Friday. I'm talking about just the protocols here. As an unvaccinated player, and Rogers pointed this out on, on on last Friday. We could go today. He was tested every day, and he couldn't enter the building every day, unless and until. He was cleared and it's test. These tests have a 99% accuracy rate, right? So long story short, try to, let me try to get to the point, land the plane here, Michael. Come on, but get, get there it is. Maskless, maskless Aaron Rodgers at the podium was less likely to have COVID than a vaccinated player at the podium or anywhere else in the building because Rogers was being tested every single day. 
So even though the vaccine, I believe the CDC stats are the vaccine makes you 11 times less likely to be hospitalized or die of COVID. You're exponentially safer if you're vaccinated. However, when it comes to the testing protocols, the safest person in the building was Aaron Rodgers because he was tested every single day and cleared every single day. And so whether he had a mask or not, he should have, whether he had a mask or not, he didn't have COVID until he tested positive. And, And going back to Dakota Dozier and really around the league, the Vikings is just an example around the league. You're seeing players continue to contract COVID and teams continue to struggle with COVID because while the union wants daily testing for everybody, here's the flaw in the protocol. Yeah. The owners would only agree to testing vaccinated players weekly weekly. And as we know, you can be vaccinated and still test positive. And so there is a there is a hole. There's a flaw that they need to fix. Aaron Rodgers was the story and was the controversy because he lied or misled or wasn't forthcoming about his status. But as an unvaccinated player, it was the best thing for him because he was tested every single day and therefore clear. So we, we were like, oh, look at all the people he put in danger. And eh, not really because he was clean. We can't say the same for the players who weren't tested every day. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, I think also it's a good lesson, you know, beyond uh, Aaron Rodgers, just in general. I think when a lot of people talk and they're, and they're going over controversial material or, or polarizing material, whatever you want to call it, however you want to label it, I think a lot of factoids get lost because instinctively we go to our corners and we say, okay, I'm for this guy. I'm against mm-hmm, this guy. Mm-hmm. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of information that is not discussed. I like last week I said to you, I said, hey, did Aaron Rodgers just say the members of the media knew that he was unvaccinated? And I, I know you are a member of the media, but members of the media knew and didn't really follow up on it. He gave us that last week. He gave us the tested every day last week. He gave us a lot of stuff about process yeah. and things that are happening. But those things, look, uh, hey, you always say I was told there were I was told there would be no math. Let's just let's tweak that a little bit. I was told there would be no nuance. I was told yeah. there would be no subtlety. So I just got to Hey, I, I need I need binary. I need binary stuff. I need something to hold on to. It, is he a bad guy or is he? Who are the good guys? Right? <laughs> like, is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? Am I for him was that, or, was that, or am was I that against Eddie him? Owens reference? Were you yes, laughing yes, the Eddie yes. Owens reference? <laughs> yes, <laughs> my father-in-law. Yeah, father-in-law. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Michael. Who are the good guys? Um, yeah, but but really, I mean, that's where where it is, and we'll we'll miss more. The next person who comes out and says something polarizing, there's always something in there that we can use that is ignored, and that is a big miss. I'm glad you picked it up. I think a lot of people, I, either. They missed it altogether, or they said, eh, whatever. I'll ignore it. Or, or because I got to yeah, get these takes off. Seat. I got to get these takes well, off. That's exactly right. And, and, and I know we were guilty of it as well. And listen, it, this is not to, again, absolve Aaron Rodgers of anything. I'm just simply stating that. Uh, and we talked, I'll restate it. We talked about this the other day. Where you, however, you responded or reacted to Aaron Rodgers in the last week and a half. To me, there's a direct correlation between whether you're vaccinated 
whether you are unvaccinated, whether you are pro or anti-vaccine mandate, and to a much lesser extent, whether you're pro or anti-Aaron Rodgers, okay? All of those things informed your reaction to the discovery, again, I knew, the team knew, the league knew, but the public's discovery that immunized didn't mean vaccinated. And as a result, you're 100% right. It was like, oh, we got to get these takes off. And him, when he, my mom told me at a young age, it ain't what you say, it's how you say it. Because the first words out of his mouth were, hey, I know I'm in the crosshairs of the work woke mob. And before the yeah. final nail is put in my coffin by a cancel culture. Well, he lost a yeah. lot of people there. Right there. And then the Joe, then Joe Rogan, uh, MLK, and Ivermectin, MLK, all of those yeah. things muddied the waters. And again, going back to the fact that, hey, Aaron, are you vaccinated? Yeah, I'm immunized. Like, that's all that's all problematic. But again, forest trees. He was tested every day. Unvaccinated players are tested every day. That's an advantage when it comes to catching and combating COVID because whatever player gave uh, Dakota Dozier COVID could have been removed from the facility and isolated immediately the same way that Aaron Rodgers was. Dakota Dozier didn't get tested until he'd already contracted COVID and been days into his sickness. So this isn't this isn't to suggest that the, that the vaccine, you know, is not all this. I'm not. This is not an anti-vaccine stance. But the facts are, we know that in in in, in, in many occasions, but not as frequently, you can still contract COVID when you're vaccinated. The league is missing the boat here, and I, and I, I'm assuming it's finances. Yeah. But to not have everybody tested every day is malpractice on the part of the NFL. It shouldn't just be unvaccinated players being tested every day. Everybody should be be being tested every day. So to avoid what the Vikings are dealing with right now. I I know I know I'm going into a headwind. But by saying this, but even what you just said, see, I I haven't I have an issue with that when you when you said just very reasonably, very soberly. Hey, this is not an anti. Uh, this is not an anti-vax statement. Like, why do we have? It's crazy that we're even well, at you know, this cause point. Because you know, you know how I, some people. But say, I know. Yeah, I know. They love to point out you can still get COVID being vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is, like, why can't you? And, and I know it's just, it's totally unrealistic, and, and it's it is why we can't have world peace and everybody be, can't get along. Rhetorical. Okay. Yeah, you're being rhetorical. I, I know, but I want to understand why I can't make this observation and you don't uh, just analyze what I'm saying to you as opposed to wondering, okay, is he saying this because he's not vaccinated? Is that what this is? Is this a defensive? This is a defensive anti-vax? No, it's just, it's an observation. So we've gotten to this point where we can't even have this conversation about if you are, if if I'm supposed to be pro-vaccinated, a pro-vax, I just got to stand over here I cannot go over here. I can't go over that line. I can't even say, oh, well, this is why this might be happening. This is why Aaron Rodgers may feel this way. This is why Kyrie Irving may feel this way. Uh, This is why Joe Rogan says what he says, whatever it is. I just got to stand over here and I got to throw rocks and uh, I don't want to do that. So I feel like I feel like there's a lot more in this conversation 
that yeah. uh, has been caricatured by whatever side it, it, whatever side we stand well, on. I'll say this last thing. Michael, there's, there's people. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like, real quick. Remember, I told you, and obviously I couldn't see the future. I saw, I told you, maybe <clears throat> last October or November, it was about a year ago. I said, when mm-hmm. we get beyond this, when we get beyond this, I'm gonna be a mask guy, regardless, because I oh, kind of right, like it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I said I'm gonna be a mask guy, but you did. Say if that. you do that now, but if you say that, like especially in pro sports. If somebody goes to the podium now wearing a mask, it is not that, hey, they're being safe and they like the protection of it. It's, ooh, I wonder if he's he's vaccinated. So even that has taken on a a, a different different spin than this time Mm -hmm. last year. I kind of like the mask. Remember I was saying like the stylishness of it. You know, different colors, oh, yeah, different patterns. Yeah, no. We and and, I'm, and listen. There are people who are, who, if they've listened to this conversation, um, and we thank you for listening. But if they'd actually listened, yeah. there are people who will take what I'm saying as somehow apologizing to defending Aaron Rodgers. It's not what I'm doing. Aaron Rodgers should have worn a mask. He shouldn't have been at the Halloween party. But what I'm pointing out is that he, unlike vaccinated players, was being tested every day. So he was more likely to know whether he had COVID than the vaccinated players are who can still catch COVID even when you're vaccinated. That's the reality. I mean, there are plenty of people who will comment on this here video just looking at whatever headline they slap on this on, on YouTube. And they'll just look at the headline yeah. and they'll comment before they actually listen to it. Or they'll listen to the first few seconds well, and be like, but, oh, why, 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 and, why are you taking up Aaron Rodgers? Like, no, I'm pointing out a flaw in the testing protocol, which Rodgers did when he said a lot of things are for optics and not rooted in science, he wasn't a hundred percent right. Right. But at certain points, he was. And listen, if you do that, I'm not even going to get mad at you. I understand, because I will stand in line with you. I have, I've done that on a lot of th- on a lot of things that I, I made up my mind about it. So if somebody, if I, I see anything that I think may be going against what I believe to my core. Yeah, yeah. At, at times, I don't listen to it all the way through. At times, Brandon, and, I'm and, that and just guy. To be clear, I'm that guy that I our, criticize. Our, subs- our subscribers, our hardcore brother from another subscribers, they watch out all. They watch all our rambling videos from start to finish. Right, Brandon Newman. Uh, so we, we we have we know you've been spending all week through thousands and thousands <laughs> of Aaron Rodgers comments, thousands of Aaron Rodgers comments to find the best ones for the comment section. So Brandon, what the people saying? Well, people aren't happy with you guys coming to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we know it can't bear in, but happy to hear the conversation. Obviously, Ronaldinho Mitchell said he didn't owe anyone an apology. He's and he did not throw it away. He said he did not take back anything he said on Friday. I guess you guys didn't watch the full interview. <laughs> of course, you watched the whole interview. Number one, he's referencing when I said, and thank you, Ronaldo. He's referencing when I said Aaron Rodgers. I was, you know, using you know a, a football metaphor. He threw it away on Tuesday, as in I'm not wait. I'm not doing this again like I did on Friday. I've learned my lesson. I'm living to fight another down. No, he didn't take back what he said, but he acknowledged that he, you know, put forth misleading information. So, yes, we watched the whole interview. 
a lot of people in the comments said you guys you guys decided to pick and choose what you wanted to to analyze uh, then you know they're the Aaron well, Rodgers camp yes well you do have to pick and choose what you got to analyze like yes. you actually have to do that uh, to have the conversation because there's there's a lot of stuff it's called, that it's called news so. judgment but we were fair yeah. we were right. fair what's this one well, uh, uh, next, wanna... next up is uh, X never marks the spot he said on Instagram two quotes immediately spring to mind well one quote and one song lyric you brought it on yourself you brought it on yourself you brought it on yourself I may get that a little bit off. Uh, from the seminal rap group, wholly and criminally underrated, in my opinion, Houdini. And the other one is okay. you either die a hero or live long enough to or see you yourself live become long a villain. Enough to see and, yourself become a villain. Yeah. And I, 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 I just don't think Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah, I just don't think Aaron Rodgers has the clout to uh, being a, a fallen villain. This feels more along the lines of the image that's consistent with Aaron Rodgers. He, he doesn't. He loves playing on Thanksgiving because he doesn't want to spend time with his family. He just always beats to his own drum, as he said. Yeah, I mean, Brandon, I, I think this the ca the casual fan yeah. may have may have may have come to a determination or may have been flipped when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I think where you are on the vaccine, I'll say it again, where you are on the vaccine, where you are on Aaron Rodgers probably didn't change much. Um, though I feel like there's a Venn diagram, like pro Rodgers people right. in general and unvaccinated people and vaccinated people and anti Rodgers is probably some, there's probably some crossover there, but I guarantee you, Michael, he gets a standing ovation uh, Sunday against Seattle. Now, one one of the three of us uh, played big time college football. I wonder if you can guess which one. Can you guess? Can you guess? Was it, what does it mean? Are we uh, kind of rocking so the Willie Beeman jersey? It called like flag football in the quad. If you want to, you know, count that. No, 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 no. Big, I'm saying big time. D division one, yeah, no scholarship athlete. Yes. One of us was a scholarship yeah. athlete. So, Brandon, you played against people, and I'm sure you looked at it this way. Like, I, I feel like we've like overrated and underrated has gone too far. I'm sure you played against somebody and you said that person is good. They are properly rated. They're not overrated. They're not underrated. They are properly rated. And I think Houdini, yeah. I don't care about oh. anything you said. I'm going to go to Houdini. I'm going straight to Houdini. All right. All the other Roger stuff. Houdini is properly rated. I got much I, love for Houdini. It should be lower. Like that was like that was that's it what he's holding. You're picking and choosing. You picked and choose what you that's want all. to talk about. You want that's to talk about Houdini. About. Houdini. That's okay. It. Hey, Brad, Brandon, we'll talk to you again more later. But in the meantime, people usually ask me this. Now I'm asking you. I need to plug on the Willie Beeman hoodie. Oh, you know what I mean? No, no, no. You got to give up tight. your t-shirt plug first. You got to give up your t-shirt plug first. And we'll get to that later we'll, on. We'll talk, we'll talk business. We'll talk business later. Uh, can you sing it like Willie Beeman? Can you sing it? My name is Willie. Willie Beeman. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, hey, welcome back to the show, and I love this. Uh, I love this headline in the Detroit Free Press. 
<laughs> Lions stuck in the same old movie with Stafford on the other side this time. And we've talked a lot, believe it or not, we've talked a lot about the Lions and Stafford. Uh, we've talked big picture Lions. Uh, we've talked future Lions, past Lions. So who better to have this conversation with than Mitch Album, longtime award-winning columnist with the Detroit Free Press and not only a New York Times best-selling author, but a number one, a number one New York Times best-selling author. And Mitch, I'll, I'll start with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna freak you out with this because I don't even know if you remember writing this column, but I always refer to it. I remember reading it from you a while ago. You were talking about Lions coaches, and you said there's one thing about Lions coaches: once they leave, they're not going anywhere else. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Once they leave the Lions, they are done. And you have many examples of guys who coach the Lions and then their careers just kind of fizzled out. I wonder if the same is true uh, of Detroit like, Lions quarterbacks. Yeah, I feel like that. No one who ever... Uh-oh. Oh, we froze there I for think, a second. I think for like a couple of that went on to coach anywhere else. It's a good place to retire. Can you hear me all right now? Wait, hang on. Wait, all yeah, right. hang on, Mitch. We had, a, we, had, we, had a little, we had a little glitch in the matrix there. Um, so now you're back. Yeah, keep, yeah. You want, you want to start your answer over hey, there? So yeah. If you can hear me, uh, what I was saying to your your comment was, yeah, I think for a good thirty plus years, anyone who ever co head coached the Lions never head coached again in the NFL. So if you wanted your career to die, this was definitely the place to come. And uh, I, I think we are. That record may still be intact. It's pretty close. So how, how about Matthew Stafford then? Matthew Stafford, as far as quarterbacks go, a former Lions quarterback can go off and be an MVP candidate uh, somewhere else. Do you believe that this is what Matthew Stafford always had in him and that Detroit, the infrastructure of Detroit, just wasn't set up to support an MVP-level quarterback? I think that that's true of a lot of players who have played in Detroit, not just not just Stafford and the quarterback. I mean, you look at guys who have left Detroit and have gone on and, and done good things with other teams. But a number one pick, you know, the top pick in the draft uh, to have labored here for, what, 11 or 12 years. And he was always good and often very good and sometimes great. But, you know, when you're saddled with a – uh, coaching, uh, franchise, and an institutional memory that basically comes up with one word, losing, uh, you know, it, it weighs on you. And I'm very happy for him that he's in L.A. And I'll tell you, a lot of people in Detroit are, too. L.A. has become sort of the adopted team because we haven't won a football game yet here on the professional level in Detroit. So, Games over. They see, you know, like we're clocking. Where's? Let's see how Stafford's doing. Or at least we can root for him. Yeah, um, college football is alive and well. Obviously, between Michigan and Michigan State, <laughs> yeah. it's a great time to be a college football fan in a great state of Michigan. But the state of professional sports in Michigan, or in Detroit in particular. When, you know, when you're talking about uh, the Wings and the Tigers and the Lions um, and the Pistons even, and I know obviously Kay Cunningham brings some hope there, but how would you describe the state of professional sports in recent years in Detroit, and what's it like covering, covering these, uh, these sports? It's, it's 
you know, we've, we're at a very low level right now in Detroit. Um, but, you know, not Philadelphia in both of those places. Uh, I think the people will th- think the Red Wings will get better and the Pistons maybe will turn it around. Tigers are actually young and, you know, and getting better. Yeah, this has been a pretty fallow period for sure. Yeah, uh, Mitch. Before we before we came on, uh, I was ta- I was talking to you about your great book, uh, "The Stranger in the Lifeboat." I, I just think I think it's terrific, uh, just on many levels. I mean, the writing is superb, and just the message. I don't want to give it away for those who uh, who haven't read it. No spoilers. But, you know, we talk about, uh, on this show, we talk about faith uh, very unapologetically. Uh, we, we are both the uh, grandsons of, of pastors, <laughs> of churches, so uh, it's kind of in us. And this whole notion of theodicy, why do, why do good things happen to, uh, why, do, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, that's something that a lot of people who are in faith, who are outside or are critics of it, talk about. So I'm just wondering, like, there's so many layers to this what gave you the idea i mean there's so there's so much rich material here i'm just wondering from a author standpoint how do you start or what inspired you to start this story guys i'm so sorry this connection is 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 bad and uh you're freezing up, oh. and this is a really important conversation. If you like, I can try to dial you back in or something because I, I don't want to mess up your program. I know you realize you're getting half answers from me here. Let me uh, see if I can try well, we, to we, dial well, you we, back in. Well, we, we, can, we can hear you right now. Mike, you want to ask the question again? You can. can you hear us now? Yeah, Mike, ask no, the question got, one more time, I, Mike. I, I kind of got well, I, I, I got the question. I got the question. Oh, okay. Just, uh, okay. Yeah, we got you. Jumping around. Yeah. Okay, but, we got you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for thank you for saying what you did about the book. The, the book. I'm holding it here. Um, you know, I also uh, live in a world of sports, uh, but also have to balance, you know, the bigger picture questions. And ever since writing Tuesdays with Maury, that's kind of been my life. You know, I actually have a job as in the sports world, but I write books that are have nothing to do with sports. They have to do with larger questions of life. And I learned that when I was sitting alongside an old professor of mine who was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease and kind of taught me what really does matter in life and what doesn't when you get to the end. And I've been trying to live my life like that ever since. Stranger in the Lifeboat takes this premise of, uh, it's really about help, honestly. It's about asking for help. And uh, I, I tried to think of the most dire situation I could asking for help. So I created this situation out in the middle of the ocean where a luxury yacht blows up and all the rich people who are on it, are, are most of them are killed and only a few of them survive with some of the help. And they get into this life raft, there's 10 of them, and it's out there in the water for three days, and nobody's coming to help them. There's sharks in the water, they're running out of food and and drink, and they're desperate, they're crying out for help. And and suddenly they see this body floating in the water, and they pull it into the boat, and it's this young guy, kind of nondescript, average-looking guy. And uh, they pepper him with questions, he doesn't say anything. And finally, one of the passengers says, well, thank the Lord we found you. And he says, I am the Lord. And Hmm. the book takes off from there with them not believing 
that this guy who he says he is because he doesn't look like they expect. You know, this is the question of help. When we ask for help, we want it to look and be exactly what we expect it to be. But this guy is he gets hungry. He gets thirsty. He falls asleep a lot. He, he looks he's got no muscles. He's just this average looking guy. And they, they mock him and they say, OK, well, if you're God, what are you doing here? And he says, well, haven't you been calling me? You know, I came because you were calling me. And they say, well, so what, you're going to save us? And he says, I can only save you if everybody in this boat believes I am who I say I am at the same time. And, of course, that's a very hard thing to have happen with 10 people from various backgrounds, especially when some of them are very rich and have been used to thinking they're the masters of their own universe. So, uh, you know, I tried to explore that theme uh, in the book, and I think it's something given the last two years, the pandemic, uh, everybody has been asking for help in some way, shape, or form, you know, and I just thought it was a timely kind of uh, topic to, you know, because I'm sure you guys have had this happen in your life. Many times we think our prayers aren't answered. Many times I've had that happen. I lost a child, you know. I never, at that point, I had nothing, wanted nothing to do with faith or religion or anything like that, because how could there be a benevolent force in the universe that wasn't benevolent to a seven-year-old girl? But over time, you come to realize, as, as one of the passengers in the boat asks this God character, how come you let people die? How come you took my wife? You know, she died. How come you took her? And he says, well, you know, when people die on, on Earth, they always ask, the others always ask, why did you take them? The better question would be, why did you give them to us? You know, why were, what did we do to deserve all that love, all that, all those great moments, all those memories? And, you know, and he says, I know you cry when your loved ones leave this earth, but I can assure you they're not crying. And, you know, for me, that's how I kind of came to deal with, you know, my, our little girl's death and, and, and all that was that, well, she's not crying where she is. And, and so, you know, that's what I mean by help. Sometimes you look back on something and you say, oh, it was terrible. I didn't get my prayers answered. But now I look back and I say, wait a minute. We got to be, we adopted her late in life. We got to be parents for two phenomenal years. Uh, what do we do to deserve that? You know, uh, hmm. we didn't lose a child. We were given one. And when you look at it that way, and instead of why, why are you taking from me? Why are you taking from me? You realize, you know, there is comfort even when bad things happen. And that's the, we got the help that we needed. We just didn't recognize it at the time. Mike, uh, Mitch, yeah. all, all of the, first of all, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm moved. I know you are, Michael. Thank you for that, Mitch. All I know is, uh, interestingly enough, your signal was super solid for that answer. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> I, all I know is the it was like there were no glitches just now. Just saying. <laughs> just saying that because we needed to hear that. We all needed to hear that. Wow. Hey, hey, hey. It's just I, not, not to give away too much of the book, but it's just like that part in the book where it said, man, we really need rain. And the Lord character just closed his eyes and looked up and the storm came. And one of the characters asked, hey, did you did you bring the storm? And he uh, he said, "Do you think I did?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah. you can, we can go back. Do you think I did? Uh, you got what right. you needed. Yeah. Hey, hey, did you think I did it? Do you think I did it or not? I'm gonna, I mean, I'll, I'll I leave you with this. I imagine God is powerful enough to control internet signal. So uh, you know, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right, right. I, Maybe he I'll leave you with this, uh, Mitch. Uh, Michael Wilbon once said to me, uh, yeah, I mean, years ago, he said, "Look." He said, Mitch, Mitch has it figured. He has stuff figured out that we haven't thought of yet. He really did. It's a real conversation. I think we were at Augusta, 
and he says something you had you had mentioned some branding issue to him name and licensing something. It was a long time ago and he said Mitch came to me and asked me about this thing. I never heard of it, but Mitch has he said Mitch has it figured mm -hmm. out. I'm going to push that forward and say Number one, New York Times bestsellers. I mean, I, a lot of people can say, yeah, I've been on the New York Times bestsellers list. But to be on there multiple times, do you ever step back and say, what did I do to deserve this? Because that's an incredible accomplishment. I say that all the time. Uh, I say that every day, but not, not just for having a book in the number one bestsellers list. Um, more for, you know, my wife, uh, my, my, my health, family. Um, I operate an orphanage in Haiti uh, that I'm at every month for the last 12 years. And those kids are the joys of my life. And uh, we have 53 children that we are raising there. And, uh, you know, that was another one of those cases where I went down to Haiti. I'd never been to Haiti before, never had any idea what Haiti was about. And um, within a few months, I had taken over this orphanage because the guy who had been running it was old and he couldn't do it anymore. I kind of stupidly said, well, I could, I could probably do it. And he said, oh, thank, thank you here, you know. And uh, I, at the time, I thought, oh, my God, what did I just get myself into? But I, now, 12 years later, I look at it as like, th these are the kids that I, you know, never had. And this is the family that we've been waiting for our whole lives. And, and so I say all the time, why me? Why that happened? But, you know, you guys are, are blessed, too, you know. And, 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 Michael, I know you a little bit better, but, but you've had great things happen to you in the course of your career. But you've, you have reacted with it by saying, okay, so I've been blessed. Yeah, you say, why me? And the answer sometimes is because you can do something with it. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, Maury said to me once, what do you do for your community? This when I was sitting alongside Maury as he was dying. And he said, what do you do for your community? What do you do for other people? I, I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, charities, things like that. I said, oh, I, I write checks. And he said, well, anybody can write a check, but you've been given a voice and you need to use that voice for something other than aggrandizing yourself. Um, I always remember that because who uses the word aggrandize in a sentence? You know, it's <laughs> <So> probably <laughs> the first, first and only time I've ever heard it used. But um, he was right. You know, I was blessed with this ability to tell stories. You know, it's about the only talent I have, but I have that talent. And so use it, you know, and, and that's the answer to the question, why you, you know, because you got to do something with it. And there's a moment in the book, again, we won't give it away, but there's a moment in the book where uh, one of the characters says, what am I supposed to do with this blessing, so to speak? And the answer is find somebody else who's in despair and help them. And, uh, you know, I think that's the, that's the reason that's what we're supposed to do with good things. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Anyhow. Mitch album. Uh, it's amazing. As wow. Michael Smith said, it's amazing how uh, things just kind of cleared up. When we oh, start, the when we start talking about the Detroit Lions, how about that? We start talking <laughs> about the Detroit Lions, and everything got better. Yeah. But this is a, this is the next uh, number one. If it's not there already, it'll be there. Uh, the no, uh, number one New York Times bestseller yeah. for Mitch album, uh, "The Stranger in the Light." Thank Life you Club. for sending it to thank us. You. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you, pleasure. thank you, thank you. Let's do this again when we have better internet signal. I'd, I'd love to have. Let's more do it. Love to. Hey, Friday is mix sounds good to me. You know, let's, right. let's, let's, we, we, we can use, use more messages like that. Thank okay, you, sir. You God bless welcome, you. Sir. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye. 
Tungavailoa, deep drop, fading, tosses, catches Mays, rumbling for the end zone! Robert Hunt goes airborne with the extension. Westry gets him with a tackle. He went tumbling forward on a somersault. I love my life. What is, is going on here? This is crazy. It's like, that's a great play, man. Like, that's, that was tight. Like, I never seen it. You know, so it's, it's that. But then, like I said, it's a penalty. So I definitely hear about it. It was a penalty. I'm sure it was fun to watch for, for many, but it was definitely it was a penalty. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It might have been a penalty, but we ain't taking nothing away from it. Um, come on, come on, Brian Flores, pretty, have some fun. Pretty, yeah, pretty uninteresting game. I mean, you know, at least if, from a neutral standpoint. We'll get to the Ravens in a second, but we got we come to give praise to Robert Hunt. Um, there are big guy touchdowns, and then there there's that. Uh, I haven't been that impressed by a big guy touchdowns since Billy Bob took the oop de oop in for a score. In varsity blues, that, that's, that yeah. I mean that right there was I, I, that they might have unlocked something on offense. Like I don't like we knew I knew he was athletic coming out of uh, Louisiana. That's how we do it in the boot. Um, I still yeah. call it UL Lafayette, um, but just this is God, I, was, I just why didn't he report? Like oh, oh my God! Like why, why are we robbed of this? He, and he did score. The by end, the way, no. he, that, yeah, he, he did. Scored. He scored. And, and, and hopefully okay, that would have been challenged because he got Extend. it. He broke the plane. Extend. I mean, oh. you know what, Michael? You know what this is like? You know what this play is like? It's like college sports when they when they vacate, you know, awards or records or, or, or titles or whatever. We saw it. It happened. Far as we're concerned, Robert Hart scored a touchdown last night. We will never yeah. forget that touchdown. As long as we live, we all saw it. I don't care if it was if he, if he didn't report. Okay. He still had to make people miss. He still almost got hit. He still broke the plane in the goal line. That was a touchdown. Rules be damned. Hey. Okay. Hey, you know what? In, in the tradition, that this tradition has been going on a while uh, for a while in the NFL. Let's go back a couple of generations, probably a generation, maybe even two, to William the Refrigerator Perry. Why not? Yes. Hey, hey, Miami, put him in that situation. Make him eligible. He could be your fullback. Uh, you don't. He don't have to report as eligible as a fullback, but if he could be a, he could be like Mike Vrabel, a, a, a pass catching. Uh, you know, Vrabel was a pass catching linebacker, uh, a goal yeah. line threat. I think he was ten for ten in the red zone. So I think this could this could really happen for Miami. Could, now you are you ready for, are you ready for some hyperbole? I am because because you know ready? who was not amused was ball. I know you know who was not amused was Baltimore. So yes, let, hit me with the hyperbole. Okay. Now this is I'm I'm exaggerating to make a point. I'm exaggerating. I'm gonna take it to the absurd okay. to get to the okay. point, and that is, the best team in the AFC could have been on the field last night. 
I don't know. The be- in the AFC, the best team could have been there. Maybe it was Baltimore. Maybe it was Miami. Now, clearly, Miami is not the best team in the AFC. But my point is, who knows? Who knows? They got about, I think, Mike, I think it's nine teams in the AFC with five wins. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are nine teams who are theoretically middle of the pack. One of those nine teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Browns, were a preseason favorite, a Super Bowl favorite. They got five wins. The Patriots have five. The the Buffalo no, Bills Mike, have five. Wait, one, one, two. Look, count them for me. Bills, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders, three, Chiefs, four, five. No, Broncos, six. Ravens, seven. Steelers, eight. Browns. Nine. Bengals. No, I, the Ravens have more than five, though. The Ravens have more than five, so the Ravens aren't one of them, right? Oh, oh, you, you, oh, oh, you meant just five? Oh, okay, because because yeah, and then the I Titans. There's, there's, there's eleven with five or more. Oh, okay, okay, you no, mean exactly. I'm sorry. There, I apologize. There are nine you mean the teams, number five. There are nine teams gotcha. with five okay. wins. Okay, I apologize. And so I apologize. Right. This thing is, Ravens have six. Titans have seven. Okay, so there's eleven with at least five, but nine with exactly five. I beg your pardon. My, and my I'm apologies. sitting here. And earlier this week, I'm sitting here talking about the Tennessee Titans. They didn't do anything last night. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't play. They were watching like the rest of us. But I'm sitting here earlier talking about the Tennessee Titans, and they're the most thorough team in the AFC, which I think is true. But the most thorough doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to run through the playoffs. I don't think the AFC has one of those teams to fear. And they've got only a couple of teams that you can dismiss. Now, before last night, I would have put Miami in that category. I thought there was no way in the world that Baltimore was going to go there and lose to the Miami Dolphins. Not like that. On Thursday night. Not like that. I, yeah. No, not, not, like, not like anything. The, the, the one mm. team that I just don't even pay attention to, they're just like a joke to me. Uh, those, those Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Houston Texans are a joke. Everybody else can punch you. Everybody else well, got knockout power. The, the, truth, the truth of the matter is, other than the Jets, Texans, and they beat Jaguars. The right. But other than the Dolphins, Jets, Texans, and Jaguars, everybody else can consider themselves still in it. Because beyond the 11 teams with five wins, the Colts are at four and five. So that's 12. So that leaves four teams that's, I mean, and even the Dolphins, I doubt it, but hey, they keep throwing the ball to Robert Hunt. Maybe they can go on a run. I don't know. You know, right. so it's like there's only there's only a couple of teams that are not in contention for seven playoff spots in the AFC. But what's crazy, as much as we want to look at the the, the battle for conference supremacy and, and know that the elite teams, for the most part, reside in the NFC versus the AFC being wide open or weird, as you described it, right. it's not going to matter come February at SoFi Stadium because in a game if if Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills or Patrick Mahomes Chiefs or Lamar Jackson's Ravens or Ryan Tannehill's Titans are in the Super Bowl against Arizona or LA or Tampa Bay you still got to like their chances so it's a fun conversation to have about how top who's the best team in the AFC and power rankings, but when they got to when, yeah. when it matters and they got to meet for the Lombardi, just one, like you yeah, just, just like one, you just said, yeah. would would you just say any of those teams can punch you? Yeah, they can knock you out. They got knockout power. 
And, and most, most of those teams do, uh, you know, just very few just just ain't bringing it. But I, I like the way I like the way you kind of mention a lot of the NFC teams who could be in the Super Bowl. Now you were feeling very confident yesterday. Now we got now we got now we got company. You know what? All these people yesterday it was like a two C vehicle. Now we got a family car. Now we got a minivan with, with all the teams in there. You know, we had a little sports car yesterday. We had, it was L.A. 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 Maybe you gave a little bit of love to Arizona, <laughs> but you I were said. big. You were big Bullish. on the Rams yesterday. I thought it was. I was. I thought I mean, it was I've been big though. on the Rams. Did you see what? I, I I love it. Like the Rams are perfect. They're like they're my kind of they're my kind of team because they do all the things. They represent all the things that I can just easily poke holes at and make fun of. For example, we talked yesterday about all the big names, and then we looked at the reality. So there's the story, and then there's the reality. Big names on defense, reality not special on defense. How about this? They pick up OBJ yesterday. Everybody's excited. Yep. Oh, wow. The Rams acquired Odell Beckham Jr. to make an already explosive offense even more. Vegas was not impressed. You see what the, you see what the odds are? Of you course. see what happened with the odds? Uh-huh. You, know the, you see this? That it didn't move. So the Rams, yeah, I know. Yeah, plus eight hundred before OBJ. Of plus course, you noticed after. it. <laughs> of, course, yeah. of course, that's oh, what yeah. you picked oh, up yeah. on. <laughs> oh, I'm I just don't talk yeah. about it. I just don't talk about it here anymore. Oh, don't think I've been uh, healed. Don't, don't think that. Yeah, I've moved on from the betting game. Uh-huh. I'm deeper right. in it. I'm deeper in it than ever. So, yeah, it's it's great. I, and let's keep it going. I wish we had a couple more shows before uh, Sunday. Within the bubble burst, because we got because Cam Newton's a good story for you, OBJ is a good story for you, but then the game's getting away. The game's actually getting away of your good story, and then we'll have to see. Oh man, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. <laughs> I'm about to say, what are you, 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 uh, you, okay, because you, 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 you sitting up. It sounds like you're telling me that I got, I need, I get too carried away. That I get too caught up, I mean, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm getting, I mean, I'm too emotional. Hey. I got, I'm too emotionally invested in Cam and Odell Beckham, and maybe hey. I am, and maybe that's, maybe that's your fault. Because listen, for the record, preseason, I had Tampa repeating, but I have been on the Rams hype train, if for no other reason than to stick it to you, and by extension, Jason Johnson, as it relates to Matthew Stafford. Okay, for the yeah. record, all right. And you and I just have a different paradigm when it comes to draft picks, which you seem to be coming around on. But specifically as it relates to Odell Beckham Jr., all right? Like I yeah. told you before, I, I, you know, it's not, about, it's not about him. It ain't about me. It's about you and me not wanting you to be right about Odell Beckham. I don't want you right. and other people to be right about what it is that makes him tick. That he's not a winning football player. I don't know what makes somebody him tick. I'm not trying to, but no, I don't know that. I don't know what makes them tick. I don't know. You act that. like you do. You act like you do because yesterday. Know. Oh wait, wait. You act like you do because yesterday, you were like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Let me see. He could have gone with Aaron Rodgers. He could have gone with Russell Wilson. He could have gone Facts. with Patrick Mahomes. But Is he took true? the guy with no playoff wins. This ain't about football. This ain't about football. That's a quote. That's from you yesterday. That's a quote. That's good stuff. And that's good what, stuff. I, here's what I was. Here's what I would say to you, though. Here's what I would say to you. And, and so this is why I can't stand people who want to have it both ways. Because that was a great story. Oh, let me find this tweet. That's a great story. Hold on. That's a great story. Great story. 
Hold on. Give me a second. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I, From uh, I, yeah, Ari, 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 Ari Myroff. Hope I'm pronouncing the name properly. Here's uh, how the Rams not. got OBJ. <laughs> Sorry. Here's how, here's how the Rams got OBJ. Odell was on FaceTime with Jalen Ramsey and asked if he'll fit in with all the other wide receivers. Ramsey got up, went to the wide receiver room, put Robert Woods and Cooper Cup on FaceTime with OBJ, and they all told, told him to come. Uh, actually, this is, this is according to Peter, Peter Schrags, actually. So this is a, he's attributing this to Peter, uh, Peter Schrags. So, uh, Peter Schrager. Okay. Peter Schrager, of course. From NFL Network. Right. I know Peter Schrager. So this is from Peter Schrager yeah, from NFL right. Network saying, Ramsey put him on FaceTime. All the receivers are like, yo, man, everybody eats, B. Come on into L.A. So you want to call Odell Beckham a selfish player, okay? You want to call him a me-first guy. You want to call him a diva. And maybe you didn't use those words exactly, Michael. I know. But you thank intimated you. Thank you them. for, you've thank imp- you for acknowledging but you've impl- that. Okay. You strongly like, implied. You have strongly implied those things. All the, all the stereotypes. And I told you. Things that you. Didn't I tell you? I told you. Didn't I say a diva is good? That diva is not necessarily negative? Didn't I just you say You did. That? You did. You did. And I believe Not necessarily. That. But when it comes to Odell, you're like, what does he want? Does he want to be a number one guy? All these types of things. Well, here's a guy going to L.A. where they have Cooper Cup, where they have Robert Woods, to a lesser extent, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higbee, Darrell Henderson, all these weapons. Here's a guy going to L.A. Who wants to be a part of something special? If he wanted number one, if he wanted all the targets, that's not where he would have yeah. gone. So he's willing to go in and ride shotgun or take the back seat, as the case may be, in order to go and win. And it just so happens to be in LA. And Michael, come on now, bro. Listen, Boston's a great town. I'm comfortable in Connecticut. Who among us does not want to work in Los Angeles if we, if we can? That's the dream. So he's been Hollywood. You already think he's Hollywood anyway. Why not go to Hollywood? And I thought we evolved as a as a as a as a as a culture when it comes to sports. Because remember, once upon a time, once upon a time, and this is I blame Michael Jordan for this, and to a lesser extent, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, uh, while he was playing. Once upon a time, in 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 both pro football, pro basketball, especially. If a guy had interest, and you know who was ahead of the curve on this was Carmelo Anthony. Ooh. By the way, I think I think Odell can be the the Rams version of Carmelo Anthony. Maybe not what he was, okay. but an important okay. enough piece. Okay, uh, he Odell is to the Rams what Carmelo is to the Lakers. Write that down. Uh, anyway, Carmelo okay. was ahead of the I game. Like there was a time when people used to uh, frown upon or criticize players for daring to have outside interests in business and entertainment and media, whatever. It's like, oh, you know what? He's not about football. Football is not the most important thing or the or or Pat Riley. The the main thing ain't the main thing for this guy. Somewhere along the line, though, whether it was LeBron um, or, or, you know, some other players who've been prominent in, in the content space, and in the business space and in the tech space, you know, Durant comes to mind. It's like it feels like we let go of that. And like, you know what? Guys can do more than they can they can be they can multitask. They can still compete for championships. Because LeBron heard it when he went to LA. Oh, he just wants to make movies. They can still compete for championships and perform at a high level and still have interest off the field and off the court. 
Why can't Odell? So let's say he does want to go to LA. Let's say he does want to hang out with LeBron. Let's say he does want to hang out on the beach after being in Cleveland the last couple of years. Let's say he does want to see what's out there for him in Hollywood. What's so wrong with that? And in the meantime, in between time, play for arguably, yeah. with apologies to Arizona, the best team in the NFC. What's so wrong with that? Let this man have his cake and eat it too. See, in some ways, in some ways, you're actually preaching to the choir. In some ways. Now, um, clearly, clearly, I know how to deal with the diva. I work with you every day. And I'll hold that against you. Right? Right? How long you been sitting? How long you, you been sitting on that one? How long you, you had that saved in drafts? How long you had that saved in drafts? About time. About time you clap back. There you go. All right. All right. So look, that's one. Here's the other thing. Man, I ain't got no interest in LA. I ain't got no interest in that. I'm an East Coast guy now. I'm an East Coast guy. I just like I like the East Coast rhythm. I like the East Coast language. I like the East Coast pace. So I mean, West Coast is fine. And I'm gonna enjoy being out in LA for the Super Bowl. Uh, and I'd love to see the Rams there. And, and and if the Rams are there and Odell Beckham Jr. is balling out, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna keep it a buck like I always do. We have Odell Beckham Jr. on the show. I'm like, Odell, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey dog, you got a raw deal in Cleveland. Hey man. Hey man. Uh, you know they, hey. they I grew up there. I grew up there, man. I know you wanted to get out there. I'm with you. Hey, hey, man. You're doing that thing. You're doing that thing. I see you. I see you. I like and the that. other thing I, is? I, I, I root for him. I root for him. And the, and the other thing is, before we go to break, um, it's also just good for the league. You know, I know, I know you know your NFL history. You remember the days when the Rams were the first glamour team with – you know, Bob Waterfield and Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch. It's like the Rams are now like they're a super team and they're a glamour team. They got all these big names and it's great for the game to have a super team. The NBA had the super team thing going. I think, you know, it's been a while since, since, a, since an NFL team has been identified as a super team. It's just, it's just great for the league to have a polarizing High pro, another high-profile figure in Los Angeles. Does Odell Beckham's game still match his name? There's some question, given what we've seen the last few years. But I maintain, in LA, if he's their third, you could do a lot worse than Odell Beckham as your third wide receiver. Yeah, that's if right. If that's what he is, hey, quick, could do a lot quick worse. Quick question for you. Yeah. Quick, quick question. I bet, I bet I know you have, you have an answer to this. I don't even know what the answer is, but an answer. When's the last time one of those? Determined to be a super team in the preseason. When's the last time one of those teams won, won, won the whole thing? That ain't the point. That ain't the point. Just no, like no, it's not, calling no, it. No, no, no. Oh, I'm not. That that's not a. Oh, I told you. No, I'm. I'm actually. I'm asking. Oh, I'm asking. Oh, I don't. You think like the like the, the best? Where the, no, where the best team money could buy doors. ended up winning the whole. Where the best team yeah. money could buy ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, off it the top of my head, I can't like think of it. It may have been the Cowboys or Niners back. Maybe the Niners. Um, early salary cap days. No, yeah. Early, early, yeah. Early Mickey cap Waters, days. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been. Could have been. I just wish. I just wish you understand Dion. where I was coming from with the with the Randy Moss comparison. You, 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 the Randy Moss thing keeps rubbing you the wrong way. Yeah. We're not saying Odell yeah, like is it. Randy Moss. It's just that he can. 
make a comeback the way that Moss did in New England. Like Moss went from a toxic environment in Oakland to a great environment in New England and took off again. Maybe Odell just needed to get out of Cleveland the way Moss needed to get out of Oakland. That's all. That's it. No? No, no, it just and you started off talking about hyperbole. Okay, because it just diminishes uh, the music's playing. Music, I, I ain't gonna talk about the music anymore. As I hurry to my seat, <laughs> I'm let the music play. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, I mean, listen... Uh, it's just fun. If nothing else is fun, it's about the possibility of the thing, Michael. Just like romance. Oh, there you go. Just like Darius. Then you, I mean, come on. You, you know, you know, Darius Love Hall. It, it's, it's, it Darius Love Hall. Romance is about the possibility of the thing. Odell to L.A. is about the possibility of the thing. It's just exciting. Thanks for good fodder. Good conversation. Let's continue that conversation with our guy, David Gardner, uh, making his second appearance. He was so on fire last time. We couldn't wait to get him back. Um, and we were talking about it a little bit during the break, man. Um, you think we, we're overlooking last year's Super Bowl champion, the Bucks, uh, as the best team that money could buy winning it all? I'm just saying, if you look at what they did, they stacked it up clearly to have a two-year window where they were going to be able to compete for a Super Bowl while they had Tom Brady and while his arm was still attached to his body. They went and brought in Gronk, his best friend and his best target in New England. And then, of course, they got Antonio Brown. I think, actually, he's probably the best analogy towards Odell Beckham Jr. Well, yeah, and that's the thing about Beckham. Uh, Michael and I, you know, he he won't call him washed. But he strongly implies that he's washed. But but even if he's not one-handed Sunday Night Football Odell anymore, for me, I, I look at it as this is an opportunity for him to rehabilitate his reputation. Because as much as there are some people who want to put it on, on, on Baker Mayfield in Cleveland or just say it wasn't a good fit, the way it all went down with his dad posting the, the, the YouTube video or reposting the YouTube video with some of the things that have come out from anonymous sources uh, about Odell fitting into the structure of the offense or what have you, um, it feels like this is an opportunity for Odell just to reestablish himself as somebody that's worth investment on the open market. So even if he doesn't ball out, so to speak, the rest of the season, to me, as long as he's, quote unquote, the good soldier on a winning team, I think he wins. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's totally right. I mean, I don't think that you're going to see this guy step in and be the number one target. Then again, I probably would have said that same thing about Antonio Brown, and he didn't really miss a step when he came back in. Obviously, those are two totally different situations with Antonio Brown dealing with some very terrible off-the-field off kind of stuff, and Odell's being right. more about you know his relationship and with his teammates. And he had the history with Tom Brady, too. And of course, and, and yeah, so they had, had that relationship. Brady, yeah. Yeah, yeah, although you look at Matt Stafford and you say that's a guy who really knows how to treat uh, – 
marquee wide receiver. He dealt with Calvin Johnson on losing teams for all those years. He can throw guys open. He can do things like that. And he's playing really well for the Rams right now. And the pressure's off Odell. He doesn't have to be that number one target. They've got two amazing exactly. wide receivers on that team. He comes in and gets 60, 70 yards a game. I think that's an amazing win for the Rams, who, by the way, already beat the Bucks. Okay, I'm going to tell you both why I don't like your comparisons. Okay, I'm saying, you know, I feel like we got to be honest and open in this relationship, right? So this is why I don't I like love it. honesty. So, right. So Antonio Brown, his, his, he was self-destructive. Nobody said he can't play anymore. He was self-destructive. You know, the whole grandma, I'm free from the Raiders thing and then running around in his yard. But we knew he could play. Mm. And then when he left, mm. when he left the Patriots, it was off the field. Nobody said he couldn't play. Randy Moss okay. told you why he wasn't playing well. He told you, I don't want to. <laughs> like, nobody said I can't. He didn't say I can't play. The year before that, he had eight touchdowns, eight touchdown receptions. Then he, his final year uh, with the Raiders, he had three. And then he wanted to play again. But Odell Beckham Jr. Mm, is that why he's not playing well? Because he doesn't want to. He also had a, ba- a major injury. It's, it's hard to compare him to those Hall of Fame receivers because I think there may be something deeper here that we're all just willing to gloss over. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's not a one-to-one comparison in any of these kinds of situations. My rule that I always use is if I've seen a guy play at such a high level like I've seen Odell play, that I believe he's going to do it again until I'm actually 100% certain that he's not going to. Like, five years from now, when LeBron James is coming off the bench and only hitting threes on his son's team that he's playing with in the NBA, I'll still be like, (laughs) I think he's still got an MVP season in him. I think he's still got one left. I know uh, you have. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Because we're going the same place. Go ahead. I know where you're going. We're going I, the same place. Go ahead. I, I know. I know you've profiled Aaron Rodgers in the past, I believe. Uh, and so we'll see Odell make his debut Monday night. Sunday, we see Rodgers presumably make his return against Russell Wilson, who's making his return. We're a week out from the infamous appearance on the Pat McAfee show. It's been a week and a half uh, since everybody uh, learned that immunized did not mean vaccinated. Um, not that the dust has settled, David. Can you put into perspective and context what we've seen over the last uh, nine, ten days and what it means for Aaron Rodgers moving forward, if anything, maybe his reputation and his legacy, maybe this is a blip on a, a blip uh, or a speed bump. Maybe it's nothing or will this have uh, a lasting impact on how we view Rodgers? Yeah, well, you know, it's 10 days since most of the world find out. But of course, you know, viewers of this fine program knew a long time ago what Aaron Rodgers <laughs> oh, was up to. Nice. <laughs> I hope you're still Cadillacing on that one, Mike, because you saw through <laughs> okay. the nonsense well before anybody else did. You know, it's hard to say what is going to happen reputationally to someone because I do think that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of goodwill. Certainly, he has a ton of goodwill in Green Bay built up over the years. And sometimes we dismiss these people as sort of just being athletes like we don't expect them to be experts in all areas I think the mistake that he made of course was just lying in the first place or deceiving people if you want to you know be a little bit gentler towards him I'm very comfortable with using the term lie because he definitely lied but I think that if you look at it what he did was set himself up for failure he thought he could get away with it throughout the whole season and he turned out not to be the smartest guy in the room which was the image that he was trying to project for himself so I think ultimately though with most athletes 
mistakes, as long as you're not doing something really troubling off the field, interpersonally, as it relates to other people, I think that you can pretty much rehabilitate your image via winning. Although I think that his reputation as a, you know, as a thoughtful guy, as a really intelligent guy, probably took a hit uh, that it may not recover from. Well, I mean, if you're talking about okay. taking, go ahead. No, no, if you're talking about taking, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if you're talking about taking medical advice from the backup host of the man show and wanting to be taken seriously, it just it doesn't hold water with me. Well, well uh, but I just listen, just the truth is, is that's for us. That's for people who think like us. On the flip side, to answer, kind of answer my own question, he probably made a lot of fans in the process of this, too. Yeah, uh, he probably sure. you know, reestablished himself yeah. in some circles. There's a lot of people who identify, who identify with him and think that this was exactly what he said it was going to be or said it was on last Friday, which is that this is just one big witch hunt, Michael Holland. Yeah, and, and I, David, I, I just want to get your take on this, you know, away from what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show. Missed last week's game. The Packers looked like a different team, clearly, without him. So their seven-game winning streak comes to a close. Now, do we just drop back in? Do you just drop Aaron Rodgers back into the, the starting spot and watch the Packers start a, another winning streak and all the way to the conference championship game again for the third straight year? Is that, is that how it's going to go? I mean, if you look at the way the Packers are built, certainly that defense looks really intimidating, looks really strong, held them in that game against the Chiefs, even against Patrick Mahomes, who is another one of those guys. I'd have to watch him play six bad seasons in a row before I stopped believing in Patrick <laughs> Mahomes being an MVP caliber player. I think that Aaron Rodgers gets back in there. And, you know, they had some problems beforehand. The passing game wasn't really working that well a couple of weeks before that. And they were relying on the running game in ways that you really haven't seen with Green Bay so far. But I think ultimately, of course, when you're talking about what happened last week you see defenses blitzing against a rookie quarterback not a rookie sorry but a first-time quarterback and Jordan Love getting his first big start Aaron Rodgers would have picked that defense apart if that's what they tried to do against him and I think ultimately you know he's an amazing NFL player maybe the best thrower of the football I've ever seen play in the NFL and I think he's going to get them back into the playoffs of course and then I mean the NFC is just so loaded right now that it's really hard to predict if he's going to get to a conference championship at this point I'm really excited to see it there's so much parity in that conference right now absolutely hey David Gardner uh, if you're not already following him on Twitter and social media make sure you follow him and check out his uh, amazing writing in the ringer the New York Times many other places as well. We're just glad to have you part of our family, man. Thanks so much for falling through and kicking it with us. Uh, happy to be here anytime, guys. All right, bro. Be good. Thank you, David. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Well... Uh, I think we knew this was coming sooner or later. Uh, there have been suggestions and whispers about it, but as of this afternoon, former Raiders coach John Gruden is suing the NFL and the commissioner um, regarding the circumstance or over the circumstances that resulted in his resignation from the team. His attorney uh, said that the suit 
alleges that the league and Goodell selectively leaked Gruden's private correspondence to the Wall Street Journal yeah. and New York Times yeah. in order to harm Gruden's reputation and force him out of his job. Um, NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said that the allegations are entirely meritless and the NFL will vigorously defend against these claims. Uh, Mike, your reaction. Yeah, listen, here's my reaction. It may surprise you a bit, Mike. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I think we're going to agree here. I think we're going to agree. Okay. Now we know because we both we both watched um, enough Law and Order. We watched enough Law and Order. Yeah, to, yeah. To play lawyers yeah. on TV. This, that, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, my cousin, uh, my second or third cousin, uh, his wife is a lawyer, so therefore I, I got a little legal knowledge myself, something like that. But I think it's clear what we saw in John Gruden's emails. We just don't agree with. We don't like that kind of language. We don't like anybody who thinks like that. Got it. Got it. We all understand it. So no, no need for me to pour out some new outrage for you today for something that, that, that I talked about weeks ago. But I will say this, John Gruden has a case. John Gruden has a case here because, because of the way this is worded. And I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to reveal. Because think about what was said, Mike. It's not that, hey, uh, I was fired because my private conversations became public and the NFL overreacted and fired me unjustly. No, 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 no. That's what that's not what the lawyer is saying. The lawyer is saying that this was an inside job. This was a hit job. That's the accusation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, hey, once John Gruden was presented with certain information, and when he wouldn't mm-hmm. resign, the NFL then said, oh, we're going to do something else to make you look bad. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think well, the investigation, I don't know if that's true, but I don't know if it's untrue. That, that's, why, well, that's, why it's a, that's why it's an that, interesting so, case. So actually, so I'm, okay, you did surprise me. I thought we were going to agree. We disagree. I'm, I'm on the opposite okay. side here. Okay, because right. I'm a first. I'm a first. I'm gonna go Lieutenant Lionel Caffey and say it doesn't matter what I believe. It only matters what I can prove. Or okay. if you prefer, right. I'll go Alonzo from Training Day. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. Okay. Now here's the thing: for right. a civil case, as you know, it's not about beyond a reasonable doubt. It is the preponderance of evidence. It is more probable than not. It is 50.1% or 51.49, whatever it is, that that is more probable than not. But actually, the way it's worded, I don't think he has a case. I think it's going to be still, even in a civil case, hard to prove the second part. Selectively, well, selectively, that's subjective. Right. Selectively leaked Hoon's private correspondence to the Wall right. Street Journal and New York Times. Hold on, here's the part. In order to harm Gruden's reputation and force him out of his job. In order to harm Gruden's reputation and force yeah. him out of his job. So you're saying that they, so they have to prove malice here. They have to prove malicious intent. They have to prove that the lead that this was an orchestrated hit job to take down John Gruden. And again, even is in that, a civil is that, court. Is that a huge you you tell me. It, 
Is that a huge burden of proof? Is that? Is that hard to prove? You think that's hard to prove? To prove, it's not uh, hard to believe. It's not hard to okay, believe. Now, okay. Because if the goal, Fair. if the goal between Jeff Pash and and Washington football team, and as you often say, Michael Holly, the most protected franchise in the NFL. So if there was some, you know, some orchestration between the NFL and the football team, that hey, we need a fall guy here. Oh, John Gruden. Because wait a minute, nothing gets people going like good old fashioned racism and homophobia and misogyny. This will get them off the, right. off the scent of the football team. I can believe that all I want. But is there a paper trail or is there proof that says this was the intent to harm him and force him to resign? That doesn't seem to open and shut a case. I I do. Listen, there's another Raiders coach. He's in the Hall of Fame. Great. Uh, He's a great coach and a creator uh, uh, or co-creator of one of the greatest video games ever. That is John Madden. (laughs) John Madden brought that telestrator. If I had it, I would write on the screen right now. I would write 650 K because yeah, that's what yeah. I want to get to 650,000 emails. Yeah. So if I yeah. come at you, can we get that on the table? Because I feel like if we can get that on the table or even threaten you with that. If we can threaten you with that, I think we can make some progress. Like, see, here's what the NFL has. The NFL has that's hard to argue. Uh, NFL has on its side. And it's very simple. It's money. NFL has more money than you do, John Gruden. I don't care how much you made from ESPN, how much money you made from the Raiders. They got more than you got. They can bring more than you can block in, in football parlance. <laughs> Sorry. And so you're, you're at a disadvantage there. But if you have a smart legal strategy, you can make them a little uncomfortable with those 650,000 yeah. emails. See, this is where we can all unify. Imagine, yeah. J- John Gruden yeah. with his divisive yeah. co- his divisive comments can bring us all together. Because whether you're for oh, yeah. Gruden On that one or point, against Gruden, you all right. want we all want to see those emails. What's going well, on there? Or, Why we, have a- or we all find yeah. it fishy that an investigation into one organization ends up taking down the head coach of another. Because here's a statement: that's, John that's, Gruden is Mike, That's why I think blah. he's got a case. That what Here, you just said right statement. there. Here's one of the statement. There is no explanation or justification for why Gruden's emails were the only ones made public out of the 650,000 emails collected in the NFL's investigation of the Washington football team or for why the emails were held for months before being released in the middle of the Raiders season. That's the attorney. But again, you got to prove a leak and you got to prove that the NFL is liable for this leak. You're right. It, okay. it, it's not fair, but you got to they, they got to prove again more likely than not more probable than not, which is a lower bar than beyond a reasonable doubt. But they got to prove that the league actually this was a conspiracy that the league actually sat hey, back and said this? release these versus somebody letting it out that had, that the league could say, hey, I, 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 I you know, go ahead. Last word. And we're going to take a quick time. Hey, out. Hey, here's the last word. Here's the last word. Now I'm going to take my lawyer. I'm going to take uh, my lawyer hat off. And underneath my lawyer hat, I had another hat on. I'm going to take that off. That is the naive hat. And the bottom line is, maybe John Gruden ain't trying to win the case. He's just trying to uh, accelerate a settlement. It's a settlement. Sure. And that's how the, well, that's yeah. how the NFL, that's how the NFL sometimes. And, and, and that's, so, that's probably how this gets. That's probably how this, this is going to end, they'll, they'll, write, they'll, they'll write a check. They'll write, a, a, they'll write more of a check paper. than he already got from the Raiders, but you hit yeah, it right. That's it. Somehow he does unite us because we can hate what he said, 
and recognize what he said was wrong, but also recognize that he shouldn't have been the guy taking the fall alone for investigation into Washington's toxic environment. Quick timeout. We're coming right back with more. Great. What a moment. Uh, Andre Iguodala, let me holler at you. So a while back, Andre Iguodala was like, this was when the NBA dropped his top 75. He was like, wait, how is Kyrie Irving not in the top 75? He said he's in the top 20. But then, Word. just the other day to the Athletic, he doubled down and was like, Kyrie Irving is the fourth greatest point guard of all time. Whoa! He said Magic, he said Magic Steph, Isaiah. Those are the only guys that I will allow you to say are better than Kyrie. Chris Paul, I'm not mad at, but I've got Kyrie. Look, man, I get... I mean, I'll give, I'll give you, I'll give him this, Michael. I'll give him just this. As far as I'm willing to go, Iggy, Kyrie Irving is one of the most gifted players, period, regardless of position. At point guard, his handles are unmatched mm. and unparalleled. He's got as good a handle as anybody in league history. Sublime. He was born Beautiful. Beautiful. to put the ball in the basket. He was put on this planet regardless of what he thinks, to put the ball in the basket. Nobody finishes around the rim with the creativity that Kyrie Irving does. Lots to love about Kyrie Irving. We know what we know about the shot that he hit in game seven, one of the greatest shots of all time. All right. But you're not going to sit up here and I, tell I, me that Kyrie Irving is better than Oscar Robertson, that he's better than John Stockton, that he's better than Steve Nash, that he's better than Jason Kidd. I'm not, I'm not putting, or Chris Paul. Ooh. Or, no, I I'm like not it. putting him above those hey, dudes. I'm right not putting him above those dudes. You're Hell right no. on cue. Hell no. You don't even know this. You don't even know this. You know what I did? You know what I did? I came up with my own list. Shout out, Kaylee. I got my own list. A top point guard. Let me see if just go check it out. And just argue with oh, me. Oh, you made a list? Quick. You ain't telling me you was making a I list. I made a list. I made a list. I made a right. list. It was the last okay. it, was, it was the last minute decision. Surprise Michael week. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't like it? You don't like the surprises? I mean, I, I don't get a list. I don't, okay, fine. Tell, tell me what you You got any issues there? Are you surprised by well, number two? Well, I, I was about to say, I think number two is the is the strongest take. But you know what I said the other day? We were talking about Steph. I think he's on his way yes. to being able to remo- remove the qualifier. Steph is on his way to being right. one of the handful of best players in NBA history. Some might say he's there already. Um, Steph above Isaiah. Step yeah. above Isaiah feels aggressive right now. Uh, but yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to fight he's you on it. He's redef- you know why? You. I, I, my top guys are just based on not, not uh, obviously not on winning championships. It's quickly on yeah. redefining the position. Magic redefined the position because he could play five positions. Redefi- Steph, Steph redefined the game, not the position, Steph, the game. Steph, yes, Steph has. He's and changed so that's the why game. I put, it, yes. put him up so high. John Stockton didn't necessarily redefine the position, but I believe it's Magic and Stockton, maybe Mark Jackson, but I think Magic and Stockton are the only guys who have averaged double-digit assists per game for their career. I think Stockton's like at 13 or 14, something crazy. Yeah. Isaiah, little man, a little man who led his team uh, to, to back-to-back titles and was a scoring point guard, but still, and then Oscar with the triple-doubles kid, and then Chris Paul. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, but, uh, all, all Kyrie, these guys Kyrie are interchangeable. The, bo- the bottom line is Kyrie, yeah, Kyrie in this register. list. If, if we were talking no, about talent, we're talking about talent. He's at the top of it. 
but just best point guards like full stop like nah man like no no sorry sorry he, he's just he's, he's, he's not he's not a better point guard than Chris Paul is but you know he's also you know it depends on your taste or preference but he's, a, he's an incredible incredibly gifted scorer and ball handler um, yeah. you know who's not on this list uh, both contemporary or history who probably nice. never be on this list for nice a number transition. of reasons uh, is uh, is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has been on our list for a while. There was this article that came out from Shams, courtesy of Rich Paul, basically calling out the Sixers and, and saying that the Sixers are exacerbating uh, Ben Simmons' mental health issues. Uh, Brandon, we've had a lot of conversations about Ben Simmons. What's some of the reaction uh, that we've gotten in these social media streets? In here where you got sick, uh, Corey had something strong to say to that. I love how everybody this day and age feels the need to tiptoe around everything. Ben Simmons is a diva and almost certainly is faking. And even if he isn't, he tried to fake an injury to get money first. So there's no reason anyone to believe him, regardless of uh, political correctness. It's the boy cried wolf. He's done nothing to deserve anyone's benefit of the doubt. Now, this left me with the Weebay meme like, Oh, like That's I just believe everything it's, he said. It's I was hard, like, it's hard to argue. Oh, it's hard to argue. Uh, right. I just say this: I, I need therapy. I, I haven't, it. I haven't started in therapy, but what I do know about therapy is that you got to do the work. And Simmons, regardless of what Rich Paul says, doesn't want to do the work because he doesn't want to work for Philadelphia. The thing I can't, I don't understand, is why ownership hasn't gotten involved. And I'll go a step farther, Michael. I think it's about time for Adam Silver and Michelle Roberts to be actively involved and as best they can because this is doing nobody any favors. Ben Simmons, the the ship has sailed. The bridge has been burned. He cannot go back there because if he's he's still waiting for an apology from Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid about their comments after game seven, they don't don't owe him an apology because they didn't say nothing but the truth. So I don't don't know how this is going to end. Shout out Liberty. You like that, Mike? Look at that. Oh, look yeah, at that that's true. Right there. That's true. It's I can't argue with it, but you gonna I tell think, people, I think you gonna tell people d- you get your t-shirts. No, but just on you the excuses t- part and the political correctness part, Michael, I do think we I do think we, we can't dismiss it out of hand because we no, knew we passed dismissing. up a layup. We knew yeah, we passed up a I'm layup. His mind wasn't right. So why should we be surprised that his mind ain't right? Given everything that's happened. I am offseason. not dismissing it at all. I think I think uh, I think it was Corey who had that uh, that comment. I'm with you, Corey. Hey, facts, man. You just Cor- speaking the truth. Show me the lie. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.